Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we come to you today, and we ask to bring the Holy Spirit down and to guide Todd and myself uh, to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today I have a fine young man, good friend of mine, Mr. Saul Hernandez. He's a parishioner at St. John's Cathedral. Welcome to the show, Saul. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Saul and I, I know Saul's a cursiesta, and he's a good man. He, uh, I think I met Saul some kind of way. We met maybe at the chapel at UL, because I know that's where you used to go a lot. Is that I, where we met? Well, I went to UL, but I think we met at the Curcio, but like we went so? not at the Curcio itself. We met at the walk. Okay. Remember, yeah. The I went Pentecost on, walk. I went on the Pentecost walk and you were already there. And then when I got there and my feet were hurting, <laughs> you were there and we, we met and, and, uh, and that's how we met. Okay. We All right. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's hear your story. Okay. So, um, born in Lafayette, Lafayette general, uh, parents, Rita and Carrie Hernandez, uh, uh, let's see. So, went to Broadmoor Elementary, Edgar Martin, Lafayette High, the whole nine, and then I went to. Uh, okay, so it gets kind of dicey right there. So uh, I went to LSU, and my first semester, everything went off the rails like immediately. I uh, uh, just started drinking heavily as a first time away from home. I discovered I discovered cocaine uh, in the the in between semesters. And uh, I'd been I'd been suffering from depression, and uh, cocaine had kind of alleviated that depression, brought me out of the depression, and and in a weird way saved my life because I was so depressed, I was suicidal, and and so forth. And um, um, that next semester, it really got kind of it really got out of hand because I was starting to do cocaine more and more, and and I drink more and more alcohol. And uh, marijuana too. Those were my three. You know, this this story of addiction, really. You know, uh, I'm sober now. I've been sober for three years and five months. But at, at this time, it, uh, it's a, anyway. I'll try to nutshell it for you. We don't want to spend good. too no, much time going. on it. But uh, anyway, that second semester at LSU, I I failed out completely. Just stopped going to class and uh, started doing things like another thing that I got addicted to which is a weird thing to be addicted to was adrenaline you know mm-hmm. and I was just doing things for for more and more excitement were you in a frat I was yeah campus sick okay yeah and uh, they later got kicked off of campus but I was in that fraternity I did not fit in at all and uh, I got blackballed from that fraternity so myself and another another guy who shall remain nameless Mm-hmm. Uh, to preserve his anonymity, Always protect the innocent. <laughs> uh, we, the two of us, got kicked out together. Together, I passed the drug test, but he did not pass the drug test. Mm-hmm. I took the stuff, this this stuff that we bought at the store, but I got kicked out for my behavior. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was just in conflict all the time with a lot of guys. And um, what and was your prayer life <clears throat> coming out of high school when you got into all this? Addiction? Non-existent. Yeah, but it, but it was. I've seen you at mass, like younger than that. No, not at that time. No, no okay. I'm pretty sure not at that time. No, okay. sir. Yeah. Did you grow up going to mass? You're you cradle Catholic. I am a cradle Catholic, and I grew up going to mass on Sundays with my family. But forced to go. I never had a conversion early on as okay. a child. 
You remember, you know, Laura Lahey? Yeah. So she put on this, she used to put on this retreat called Veritas. Right. And uh, I went to that as a youngster. I remember they had these letters that they passed out. We're getting off off the story a little bit, but uh, all the kids had these letters that they were reading. And I had a letter too, and I read mine, and it was, I was like, oh, that's nice, you know, but everyone else was crying, you know. And I didn't understand why they were crying, you know, and it was very uncomfortable for me. And I asked to be, uh, uh, to you know, to leave the hall because okay. it made me so uncomfortable. And looking back, like that was not normal, like that right there. Like I wasn't connecting with my higher power in the same way that people, other people, were connecting with their higher power. You know, mm-hmm. I've cried literally seven times in my life and that's not normal is a bad word to pick for that but it's not typical mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. is uh unusual mm-hmm. you know but um and, and crying is so cathartic it, it's so if you cry if you're able to cry and to grieve and to you know like that's a gift sure you know that's a Cleansing. gift it is it you is know, i think a lot of us are born with a god hole my daughter tells a story you know that you're born with a hole in in your chest and, and you try to fill it with all kind of things maybe with the addictions you know but what you're yearning for is god it's a god hole you know and uh you try and fill it with all these things that don't that doesn't that don't fill it and then right. it's only until you find christ that that you get to really fill that hole you know, so is that sort of in college? You, you, I know you, you have a deep faith in you. Uh, I do, I do now. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get there. Okay, uh, and I'll try to get there quickly. Go ahead, because I don't want to talk about this too much. So we're gonna nutshell this: arrested for armed robbery. So remember that adrenaline, like seeking that excitement. Armed robbery was kind of there was a movie called Heat with Rob De Niro and okay. Al Pacino, and it's like, oh my god, that's so exciting, you know. And I was doing cocaine. And I was arrested for robbing Super One Foods. Uh, it's on Ambassador Caffrey, arrested for robbing that. Uh, uh, and um, I don't want to focus too much on that, but it was a low point. And fortunately, I, I, I fled the state. I went to Colorado and some things happened. I eventually came back and surrendered. And uh, fortunately, I was arrested. There was enough evidence left behind. I went into a bank a few days later and I changed out the money and um, wasn't arrested on site, but a few days later, I made some stupid decisions that I had good consequences because being arrested was the best thing that ever happened to me because I might be not be here. I think I'd be dead if I hadn't been arrested. That led to going to treatment for the first time in Phoenix, Arizona. Stayed sober for about nine months. And now let's just kind of fast forward, okay? Uh, because of that probation, I got into uh, school at UL, came back to Lafayette, got into school at UL, and uh, was fortunate enough to not go to prison. Was, um, that's kind of complicated, but uh, the truth is, like, if you're arrested for armed robbery, typically you're going to go to prison. But the way I, the way the evidence was kind of like the, um, there wasn't a lot of evidence. There was me with the money after, and I had a lawyer who kind of played his hand well and said, hey, look, this kid made a mistake. He was off track. And the district attorney didn't want to go to trial with the evidence that he had. And so they got me on probation for three years, uh, a three-year suspended sentence with a five-year probation term. Thank, you know, praise Jesus for that. And uh, got into mechanical engineering and started doing really well in school. Had, you know, very high GPA. And uh, I didn't know I was good at school until this time, but uh, graduated mechanical engineering. Um, 
went and got a master's in physics after that. I, I discovered physics. I loved it. And actually, in treatment in Phoenix, my mom sent me a, a book called Six Easy Pieces by Richard Feynman. I devoured it, loved it. And uh, always had, but I was like, who, what can you do with physics, man? You know, so like I majored in mechanical engineering because it was more practical, but always loved physics. And we took a lot of physics and mechanical engineering. Finally, made the switch, pulled the trigger, went and got the master's in physics. Then I went to the University of North Texas. And uh, in between there, while I was at UL, I had a conversion, right? And I was 27 years old. And, uh, oh, man, how did that happen? Yeah, I want to hear about that because okay. we want to know about an armed robber with an uh, engineering degree and how that all fits together okay. <laughs> with, with, with your conversion. But tell me about your conversion. Well, the mechanical engineering degree was after the armed robbery. Okay. Like it okay. took getting know. caught, you know, it took getting caught to get my life back on track. Right. You know, and um, when I got the degree in mechanical engineering, I realized I really wanted to do physics. And so I got, but so I got into a master's program for physics. Well, when I got into that master's program, I had gotten off probation, right? Okay. And when I got off probation, now there was no accountability to not drink, right? And so I drank, you know, drank one beer. <laughs> it's always one, you know? And, and if you know anything about alcoholism, one is never enough and, and you know, five is, uh, there's never too many, you know? Uh, so I started drinking again. And my first semester in grad school, I just, like, you know, spiraled down the rabbit hole and uh, didn't pass my classes, dropped all my classes except for a lab so that I could keep my financial aid. It was kind of like, anyway, people out there probably know about that. And uh, uh, was at another crossroads, you know. And uh, this guy, this Protestant Christian named Jason Bourgeois, I, I feel like this anonymity, I can violate that because it's a positive thing. He, uh, I was in the parking lot the burger king parking lot at uh saint mary and it was raining and he found me he was like hey man what's going on and things were just not well you know and uh at that time i was failing out of school and my girlfriend and i had just broken up and there was this this triad of you know things going on and he told me jesus was jesus was the answer and um and i followed his lead and i, I was uh Went the Protestant kind of like I, I was not uh, Catholic. Uh, well, let's put it I was always Catholic because I was baptized and confirmed, you know. Uh, but was spending time with the Assemblies of God group on campus, and then I met. Uh, I, can we use names? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Drop them uh, all. Uh, Tommy W. Okay. I met Tommy W. because he was a boxer and well, I was our a boxer. No Tommy W. Okay, so. Uh, uh, I started doing boxing to kind of as an outlet for that adrenaline addiction, right? And Tommy W. was doing boxing, him and his son Taylor. And we met at a fundraiser for Raging Cajun Boxing Club. Bo Williford was a coach who passed away recently, by the way. And a uh, great man. And um, um, Tommy took me in. I would go to Mass on Sundays, and I would sit with their family. I'd go Masses on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I met Monsignor Mouton, the confessional, you know. I'll never forget, I can tell a quick side story. Monsignor Mouton said, I went my first time at confession with Monsignor Mouton. He says, uh, I said, well, you know, I did this, this, and this. And, but it's because, no, 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 I said, it's because. And Monsignor Mouton cut me off. He said, excuse me, sir. It's because. 
you know, like instead of because. And I sat back, I was like, who is this guy, man? Corrected my life. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, I love that about Monsignor Motong. He was just like very direct. And uh, uh, anyway, we, we became, you know, friends, you know, like I had a cell phone number and I could call him and we just, we, uh, I just love him so much. But anyway, Tommy W. took me in, and, and we went daily masses and weekend masses. I would sit with his family, and that's when I really got into the Catholic faith heavily and apologetics and all that. And it was Chest, Father Chester Arsenault was at Our Lady of Wisdom at the time, and I I, 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 uh, I was in the Passion Play. I played Jesus in the Passion Play. I think I might have went to that. Yeah, it was one of the early ones. It yeah. was in 2007 or something. I'm an old guy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, and the walk kind of began, and I was still in grad school for physics, you know, and uh, finished my graduate degree, you know, all the while, like daily masses, all that. It was one of the happiest times of my life. It was a great time, and, uh, uh, pray, you know, my prayer life was, was, was um, I don't know, substantial or, you know, uh, a lot of time spent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, adoration, all that stuff. Um, anyway, so I leave here. And I'm still, physics is still my vocation, you know. And I leave here, I go to work on a PhD at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, if you guys know that. It's just north of Dallas. It's in the DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, it's, if you look at a triangle, Dallas is, uh, it doesn't matter. It's north of Dallas. Uh, and um, so I worked on a PhD there. I'm sober all this time, right? Well, Okay. Sober through the church, right? Okay, and uh, um, I'm not drinking that, but through the church, not through AA or anything else, which I had tried in '98, you know. Uh, but in 2007, I got th- sober through the church, and I stayed sober for about six years, right? I met a girl, right? And um, while I was a, uh, I was oh man, I was done with the coursework for the PhD, all the classes, there's six main classes, and I finished the quantum mechanics, statistical, anyway, these hard classes, uh, I, quantum mechanics, statistical mechanics, quantum mechanics one and two, statistical mechanics, classical mechanics, and uh, electricity and magnetism one and two. Graduate, cl- it was hard, and I finished that, and then I met this girl, <laughs> and I. Uh, I kind of stopped going to mass because I don't want to blame her, but that's effectively. There was this priest. Okay, so I've reflected back on what happened. There's this priest, Father Victor Cruz, who was a missionary priest from India, and he and I became real good friends. And then he got transferred. And when he and I stopped hanging out, I just. Lost your connection. Yeah, I, you know, maybe there's something to him being my higher power or something. You know, I don't know. There's some deep. You know, reasoning there, but when he got transferred, because we we go to movies and we were hanging out all the time, and when he got transferred, I just I don't know, fell off. Yeah, and and I met the girl and I kind of fell off, and then I relapsed. Right. right? And um, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Saul Hernandez at St. John's Cathedral Parishioner, and he's telling his great story here. Keep going, Saul. Okay, so we man, I said I was going to nutshell it. We got to fast <laughs> forward, man. Okay, so. Uh, relapsed, got kicked out of the UNT, like got kicked out of school, right? Because I left some alcohol in the accelerator lab, right? And uh, this pr- this professor found it, got kicked out of school. 
started doing heavier drugs. Alcohol was, marijuana was the first thing I did. I was like, I could smoke a little marijuana. After I got lost the girl, I was like, I could smoke one bowl. One is never enough, right? And um, um, started drinking every day and then heavier, heavier things. Got kicked out of school, came back to uh, Lafayette. And I uh, got sober again, but not really, just like kind of stopped using. There's something called dry drunk. You may have heard that term before. Someone who's not drinking, but not doing any recovery either. Not going to meetings, not going to church, not really doing anything mm-hmm. to foster their spiritual life. And um, um, so I was sober. Went to work at Lafayette High for a year. Did the best I could, but really, without a spiritual program, in my opinion, without a spiritual program, like we're all dry drunks, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, um, taught that was 2013, 2014 was that school year, and then uh, left there because I hated it. Because I mean, I wasn't spiritual. Like if I had a spiritual life, I may have embraced it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, went to I had a real issue with classroom management. I learned like. I was always a great teacher, and I have a little YouTube channel where I teach math and physics and answer questions and stuff. But I was—I say that's kind of ego, like great. I was always—I always got positive feedback from my students, you know, uh, about my ability to convey information sure. to them. But um, in physics and in math. But when I went to K through 12 education, I had issues with classroom management because when you're in college. You're paying to be there, you know. Uh, but when you're in K through 12, there's a, there's a, you have to motivate and inspire, you know, and manage. And I was not good at discipline, you know. I learned that and uh, about myself, uh, di- not discipline myself. Well, also that at that time, but uh, disciplining the students, you know, because they'll push and push. And push the so a lot of our listeners can really relate to the things you're talking about. You know, you've got these addictions that are going on in and out of your life. And, you know, I think that listeners that are, are, are tuned into this show really want to know how how your, your faith life intertwined with your addiction. And and what was it? What was it like? Were you doing rosaries? Were you doing adoration? Were you doing mass? You know, where OK, so when I was drinking and using none of that negative when i was a dry drunk none of that but when i would reconnect with my higher power because i was kind of in and out of connection with that higher power which Mm -hmm. is jesus christ i was kind of in and out of that for you know about 18 years Mm -hmm. you know but on march 10th 2016 i got sober finally for good and i've been sober three years and change now um about five months i think it's a little bit less than five months but um what happened on that day Man, I just had enough. You know, I was uh, in the program. We say sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, uh, I had a friend who reached out to me uh, and uh, started going to AA meetings. And what I do today is I do AA meetings in concert with the Catholic Church, with you know, mass and and adoration. Rosaries is something that I haven't really, um, you know. Um, I've done rosaries, but like I, I don't have it part of my daily routine. I, 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 and I've even had times when I have had it as part of my daily. Anyway, well, I want to tell you something that the Holy Spirit is here today because I had a had a guest on the show not long ago who told me that Laura Lahe, right? Yeah, uh, they went to a retreat with them and put a rosary in their hand, and something very supernatural happened, and uh, and it changed their life. And it's mm-hmm. pretty ironic that you brought her name up, you know. 
uh, but it, it, it is, you know, it's, it's something that's a close, close to my heart for sure, but you got to find that thing that keeps you in a state of sanctifying grace. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, so tell me more about your conversion. So at that moment, that's it. No, you know, that you, you really made a decision to, to yeah, I made a, uh, and I, I, I ultimately realized that I had to be do fellowship, but okay. So I'll tell you about staying sober, right? Fellowship is a big part of it. Like we connect with, I connect. I want to speak for myself. I connect in my higher power through through connecting with other people and with fellowship. And uh, I do that with Catholics, but I also do that with people with a common peril, such as alcohol. You know, and I, so I do that with meetings, but also with uh, with with masses and with you know church activities and stuff like that. But uh, the common peril, really. I have a meeting that I go to every morning. And it's at 7 a.m. And we meet for an hour, you know. But not just the meeting. Like, there's the meeting before the meeting. Always. You know, we show up at 6.30 and we all, you know, hang out and just, you know, drink coffee. And uh, the one thing, anyway, uh, there's just a fellowship to that. There's a meeting before the meeting. There's a meeting after the meeting. I'm not able to stay for the meeting after the meeting because of work, but I always try to make it mm-hmm. 6.30 at least for the meeting before the meeting. It's just, it's a family, you know? Yeah. And, What's um, your sense of uh, <clears throat> these people that are going to this meeting, you know, uh, of our community, of the Cajun Catholic community, and how that relates to, do you consider yourself a Cajun Catholic? You ever looked at it much like that? Or, you know, what do you hear when you hear that term? So maybe you can verify or nullify this my understanding is about 85 percent of this of katiana is catholic is that be so accurate term i've heard 70 percent, but i've also heard 85 percent. a high percentage it's really 100 in my mind but go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well i'll be catholic when it's over yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right but uh so uh yeah i mean i love that i love that like i've i've been to japan right for um this little the school thing it was okay. it was during my PhD program uh, we did some work with crystals but anyway when I went to Japan it's like you go to mass it's in Japanese but you know what's going on you know though there's the liturgy of the word and there's the liturgy of the Eucharist and you know when to make the sign of the cross you know when to kneel you know and it's in Japanese like I don't know Japanese but like you know what's going on you know uh, and all the same uh, 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 there's all the same pageantry, you know, sure. and there's all the same tradition, and um, it, it's just it's great, you know, um, and connecting with Christians throughout history, like you know, like when you go to the mass, like people were doing this since 33 A.D., mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, not since zero because Jesus was born, in zero, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, since 33 A.D. approximately. Uh, so you sound like you've traveled a little bit. I know you said you went to school in Dallas and went. How are you received? Do they you, are you are they uh, do they identify you as a Cajun? Oh, no one knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have an accent too much, right? Yeah. Well, my some of my formative years, I, I when I was 18 years old, I was arrested and sent to Phoenix, Arizona, for you know, and there was all these people from all over the country there wisconsin ohio and and so i think i kind of adopted and in fact i'll tell you something okay so <laughs> this is weird i don't know if this if other people do this but when i'm not here i say lafayette yeah yeah you know, when i'm here i say lafayette 
you know, I don't know if y'all do that or yeah, not, but, um, get that. and, uh, the late Monsignor, uh, uh, Mouton, he would say, you know, when in Rome, like I had confronted him about this cause it, you know, he confronted me about my language. So I thought I had something like <laughs> mess with him about, but he says, you know, like when you're in this area, you say it, but people don't like you sound, um, you sound Southern when you say Lafayette right. in another place. Right. So, uh, like just New, to like New Orleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to avoid the confusion when yeah. I'm not like when I was in Japan, I would say Lafayette, you know, right. but, uh, when I'm here, I say Lafayette like everyone else. So, yeah. but anyway, Hey, I have something, uh, can I talk about on, a little bit go. of physics? We're we only about, have much time left. Five minutes. Okay. So I want to share something cool with y'all. Okay. So, most people think of the atom. This is quantum mechanics. It's kind of like my area, right? Okay, so most think of the atom. When you learn about the atom in, in, uh, in high school, you think of these little balls in the nucleus, protons and neutrons, right? And they're little bitty balls, right? And then electrons going around, right? And they're little bitty balls, too, much smaller than the protons and neutrons. And uh, they're going around uh, the nucleus. Okay, so... That is not the accurate picture of the atom, okay? Like, if you Google silicon substrate transmission electron images, or TEM silicon substrate, and then click on the images part of the Google search. Okay. So, um, when you click on the images part of the Google search, you'll see pictures of atoms, right? And they're fuzzy, okay? You can't see inside atoms, right? And that's not, like, just a technological problem. It will always be this way because of the rules of quantum mechanics. Like, we will never see inside of the atom, okay? So, no one's ever seen these things. But the theory, first hypothesized by Niels Bohr, right? Long time ago, can't remember the year. It's like 19-something. Anyway, I won't quote that because I don't, can't remember it exactly. Niels Bohr hypothesized the atom in the, the way that it is, right? And then Schrodinger improved it later to the, um, the wave function part. Uh, the theory that the atom is made up of three parts, proton, neutron, electron, is useful for understanding nature and making predictions in nature. So the theory that the atom is made up of three parts is helpful for understanding predictions in nature. The theory that God is made up of three parts, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, is useful for understanding our relationship to our higher power. Isn't it interesting that the most fundamental building block of nature exactly mirrors our understanding of God in the Catholic faith. And the Trinity. Yeah. That's awesome. That's deep, man. If you take that down and you drill it down, that's deep. Like, that is like God's signature on the universe. Anyway, that's That is thing. good stuff. So, you didn't elaborate more about the, the ball and, and you can't see inside. I was, I was digging that. Okay, so, like, no one has ever seen inside of an atom. Okay, when you look as far as you can with the transmission electron microscope, the balls are fuzzy. And those are atoms. You can see atoms, but you can't see inside the atom. Right? And we could get into the philosophy of what does you mean what does it mean to see? Okay. Right. right. But that that that's a little bit more complicated. I don't think we have time for that. But uh no one will ever uh see inside of the atom. We can make predictions about what's down there. But no one will ever see. And we don't know. That. And it's a little bit misleading in high school when they show you these pictures of atoms and they're like, this is true. It is not necessarily true. The only truth in science is that there is no truth. But that's another deeper conversation. <laughs> 
that we don't have time. Out of time. I think we're running out of time. Yeah, but um, so like the heavenly veil, like it's it's the same for me. What you're telling me, like you can't really see inside of it. You know. Like, yeah. That's what that's what I see. That's that's awesome stuff. Well, Saul, it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, you're a wonderful man, and I wish you nothing but the best. You, you have a very bright future, and know that I'll be praying for you always. Thank you, Todd. I and, appreciate uh, it. Thank God you for having me. You. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. We, as always, ask you to unleash the Cajun Catholic in you. God bless. God bless.